0: Welcome to Masturbators, the podcast where we talk about sex, love, masturbation, friendship, relationships. I've lost my way, but you kind of know what it's about by now. I'm Trista Sylvain and I'm here with uh, Sarah Griffin. Hello. Hello. Um, and we're going to talk about gender and specifically identifying as genderqueer. queer. Mm-hmm. And and how we got there and how we're dealing with it. Would do. <laughs> 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 how we go on from here. <laughs> yeah, and how, how, yeah, that's that's what we're trying to figure out. <laughs> um, and um, I know a bit about your background because we had a chat beforehand. Mm-hmm. But if you want to tell us a bit about how you grew up, and because you've started identifying as it very recently.
1: Yeah, or quite right? recent, within the last year. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and I found it interesting. Um, and you're. Can I say your age? Yeah, please. <laughs> 33? Yeah. Yay. Um, so that's... An, so 32 years you've lived identifying as female. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if, if it's okay to start at the beginning and sort of see how, how you got to where you are now, I guess.
1: Okay. Um, so I was raised as a woman, uh, as a cisgendered woman. Um, I... Um, I was raised not just as a woman but as a very proud woman like being being female was a part that was a odd way of saying that word Um, (laughs) being female was a part of my identity that I was taught had value yeah and that I was taught was important Um, so my mother was is a a second-wave feminist yeah um, and was really um, Engaged with teaching me that I was going to have struggles because I was a woman,
0: um, which is in a way an important thing to know, because mm. some people don't know and then get confused when they yeah meet them. And I guess you were prepared in a way.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely she got me ready for a fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my mother is five foot two, right, and was. Um, for much of her life a very, very slight person, to the point where uh, when she was my age and a little bit younger, she had to shop in children's sections because they didn't make clothes for women as small as she was in adult sizes. Um, And though she is very intelligent and painfully capable <laughs> um, because she was female and because she was very small yeah. and because she was really quite beautiful um, I, I think she was ignored a right. lot and yeah. um, people just didn't give her the respect that the work that she could produce deserved Right, um, and I think she was not going to raise a female child to expect that that is correct sure Um And so what she taught me was people are going to ignore you. People aren't going to want to listen to you. um, People aren't going to give you um, the respect that you deserve. Right. But you should demand that. Right. Okay. You have the right to demand that. How old were
0: you when you remember that coming up?
1: A lot. Like, well, I think, honestly, my mother was really honest with me about what her life was like.
0: Okay. So you knew sort of what was happening in her life and yeah. that's how you knew what to
1: expect. Well, I mean, I've got not everything. Yeah, There were still, like, I was still a child yeah. and there were <laughs> still things that I would be <laughs> isolated from. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she'd come home and go, you know, my boss didn't listen to me and okay. I had this idea and then when a man two seats down the table said it, it was a good idea. Or, okay, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. I brought in these numbers, but because I'm older than the other person that brought in even lower numbers, I'm not as valuable, or you know, these kinds of things. Yeah. Um. So I was, I was never insulated from the kinds of things that she experienced in terms of being sidelined. Okay. Um. And I worked with her a lot because okay. she was a single mom. Um. So I went. To work, I would meet the people that she was talking about. I would be stood next to her while she was working. And so I would see it happen. Yeah. And of course, I know my mom. Yeah. And I know what she can do. I know how smart she is. Yeah. And I'll listen to people ignore her. Yeah. yeah, And I'll watch people talk down to her. Yeah. And and I'm I'm just sat there as a 10 year old going, well, you're stupid. You You got a person right here in front of you that could solve every problem you've got, but you're not listening to them.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. So you saw the way the world, your, the world reacted or the environment she was in reacted to your mother. Yeah. And knew that it was wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, I was also raised with stories of my uncle who was gay. Okay. Um, And where
0: did you grow up? Did you say?
1: Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Um, And uh, my uncle passed when I was five. Okay. uh, As part of the HIV epidemic. Oh, wow. Um, and the stories of what he had to endure as a gay man in America in the 70s, 80s and 90s.
0: Yeah. Um. Which I imagine is, do you, I don't know how long you've been here. mm -hmm. Um, do you think it's changed dramatically in the, in the meantime, or is it? Um, Does it appear as if it has?
1: From what he underwent? Yes. Yeah. My uncle was kicked out of the state of Florida. Oh. He legally wasn't allowed to re-enter Florida. Because he was gay? Because he was gay. Was that illegal in Florida at the time? It was not that it was illegal in Florida to be gay. He had been assaulted by... I can't remember how many... Three or four different men at the same time. Yeah. They'd beaten the hell out of him. And when he took them to court because that's illegal, um, they said that he had made a pass of them. Oh, Jesus. And so therefore it was fine that they'd beat the hell out of him. Yeah. Um, and he was kicked out of the state of Florida. That's insane. Yeah. He was also denied treatment at one point um, because it wasn't uncommon for HIV patients to be denied treatment. Okay. They wouldn't let them in the hospitals because they didn't know how to how prevent... How contagion would spread yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Um, so that's a very
0: um, how can I put that a very I don't know dramatic view not dramatic but very real view of the actual um, things that happened to people not long ago Mm. for just the fact that they loved who they loved and Mm. lived the way they lived and that being a state um, the state accepted that treatment and almost I I suppose not endorsed it but it also clearly didn't really care much when it happened.
1: Yeah I think there was a lot there was and is a lot about fringe identities and what is considered fringe of course changes. Yeah. Um, But that if it isn't directly legislated against it was illegal to be homosexual in the states for a while Um, I can't remember when that law stopped if that was in the I I would I'm not gonna hazard a guess as to when that stopped Did but it stop in all states at the same time? Uh well I do not I d I don't I don't know that it was illegal in all states at the same time. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh American law, you have state level laws and you have federal level laws. Yeah. Um and I don't know that homosexuality was ever illegal at a federal level. Oh I said. But understand. in multiple okay. states okay. it was at a state level. Yeah. Um so it was a, a you you could be put to death for it. That's crazy. Um yeah. American history. <laughs> it's not always fun. Um that was not within my uncle's lifetime, I don't okay, think. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean
0: in a um saying I'm really surprised, but then it wasn't that long ago that it was illegal here and yeah. that it was really problematic where I come from in Germany. Mm. So I am surprised cuz you kind of don't go there, do you, when you live now and then yeah. you go, oh no, that was pretty like that was not long enough ago yeah at well, all i mean you look at like the life of alan turing is that yeah exactly that that's literally what i just thought i was like yeah. why am i so shocked i'm very aware of the things that happen to gay men or um yeah gay people yeah
1: so hmm. i was raised with this concept that um you will have to fight for who you are yeah um and we we i saw that play out in my mom and I heard stories about how that had played out in my uncle both of whom are people whose intelligence is unquestionable like my my uncle was a genius level intellect he was an opera singer he was a director he was a producer he was a food critic he ran a hardware store because he wanted to for a hobby that's like really cool my, I really should at some point write a story about or write a biography of my uncle because he's yeah. such a fascinating man um but again he has to fight just sure to be allowed to be a person. Yeah. Um so that you're going to have to fight was always a part of my understanding of the yeah. world. And so I was always that kid that was up in everybody's <laughs> face. I like that. Um I I would get
0: cuz you weren't learn uh, you weren't taught to accept exactly. what grown-ups say cuz grown-ups
1: could be wrong. Yeah. And I yeah. wasn't taught to accept what the other kids said cuz the other kids could be wrong. Yeah. So like I I very clearly remember a friend of mine, not a friend, why do I always refer to them as friends? They weren't friends. He was a jerk. <laughs> um, another guy a in jerk my... jerk of yours. A jerk of mine. <laughs> uh, another guy in my class doing uh, a really fey walk with this kind of limp-wristed right. prance around going, gay people walk like this and gay people talk like this. And I remember being like 11 and going, you're a stereotypical jerk. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, why are you using the word stereotypical? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: that's... Yeah, I was just like, did you say stereotypical? I did say the word stereotypical, good. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I was aware of that word when I was 11.
1: It, you know, it doesn't do you good in a fight, i got to say. Yeah. It's not really, it, <laughs> it wasn't house. the zinger that I thought it was going to be. Because <laughs> um, you had to explain it. Exactly. Because <laughs> it made him laugh at my word choice, and that wasn't the effect I wanted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember having, you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt. Right, yeah. Um, and I remember having talks about atheism when I was in elementary school, so when I would have been like... Were you an
0: atheist or would you just bring it up?
1: No, no, no. I was was a staunch atheist um, from the ages of about 8 to 14, I want to say. Okay. Um, Was your mother an atheist? My mother was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, okay. Um, And then she left the church uh, or the Kingdom Hall, more accurately. Um, when she was... The what? The Kingdom Home? Kingdom Hall is the oh, name oh, for I the see, for their church. church and, oh, interesting. You know. uh, when she was... I'm not sure if it was 18 or 20. Okay. Um, because they said that the world was going to end and then it didn't. And she went, hey, the world didn't end. And they went, oh yeah, we got the math we got wrong. The, yeah, today it wrong. Yeah, the date was wrong. Yeah, yeah, And she's like, ah, no. <laughs> so she left. I didn't um, realise
0: that wasn't part of their teachings. Are they still waiting for that to happen so
1: Jehovah's Witnesses and I'll, and I'll say now that this is my understanding of the Jehovah's Witness faith and I cannot represent myself as a scholar of yes, the Jehovah's sure. Witness faith um, but the Witnesses are waiting for um, for judgment to come okay um, so
0: I guess a bit like Christianity is, or well they
1: who... they don't believe that they have yet they believe that they are the people who will witness the coming of Jehovah Hence Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't oh. believe Jehovah has come yet.
0: Okay. I'm clearly showing how ignorant I am about religion, but that
1: I didn't know. Well, I mean they're they're not one of the major religions. I mean guess, they're big, yeah, I but don't they're think not I've
0: been taught in school about the belief system.
1: About Jehovah's Witness belief no. system that does not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Um they're not one of they're they're not like Hinduism or Buddhism or they're they're not one of the major world yeah. religions. They are worldwide. Yeah. Um but their following isn't as big as the larger religions yeah
0: interesting Um, sorry but going down that path but I just find that fascinating Um, it's
1: an interesting belief system Um, it was one of the really funny things about growing up in the bible boat with my mother is that Jehovah's Witnesses because they believe in proselytizing they believe in preaching yeah um, oh yeah yeah yeah. um, study their bible and they know because they need to Bible. be able to teach other people exactly and yeah. they need to be able to argue it they need to be able to discourse okay um yeah so there would be all kinds of times when people would try to cite scripture against my mother and she'd be like nah 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 nah, nah i got you on this one don't don't start okay because <laughs> she knows yeah. her Bible. <laughs> wow um but she she um i cannot speak for my mother. She's sure. very capable of speaking for herself. Sure. Um, I would assume that my mother sees herself as a deist of some form. Sure. She believes in her higher power. I'm not sure how she would say it's in her words. Organized. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but she wasn't against you being. A- so you decided for yourself that yeah. you're an atheist. Yeah. At the age of eight.
1: Um, I honestly can't tell you when I decided it. Okay. I, gen- I genuinely don't know. I just remember having the argument about Atheism and why I believe in atheism when I was in elementary school. Okay. I would now describe myself as an agnostic. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is something I came to later in life after, um, basically studying a lot of philosophy. Um, okay. Sure. But, um...
0: So you argued with a Christian child, I yeah imagine. Yeah. What, how did that go?
1: <laughs> basically... Um, Everyone, like most of my early school days, with people being annoyed at me because I wouldn't shut up. Sure. Uh, which is fair enough because I was a loudmouth. Let's, <laughs> like I'll I'll own the, the free thinking radical libertine, sure. kind of storyline. Yeah, you
0: sound like you had an opinion yeah. from a
1: very young age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll also admit that I was very young Yeah And was a lot of times talking out of my ass (laughs) Like I did not always know (laughs) what I was talking about (laughs) Yeah Um, So I think it's fair enough to say that A lot of times people had very legitimate reasons For being annoyed with the fact that I wouldn't shut up Sure Um, But That That kind of engagement with the world Where I was not going to accept What I was told were the terms Yeah Mm -hmm. Um, that really defined my engagement with being a woman because everyone would tell me that I was doing being a woman wrong right because I did a lot of very masculine stuff. very and, and anytime I, I use these words please know that I use them in inverted commas because I'm not yeah. <laughs> I'm not fully comfortable with the definitions on any of this right? yeah um, but I did a lot of very masculine stuff so like I wanted to go out for the wrestling Team, yeah, um, at our high school was there a, a girls wrestling team no, or were the girls on the wrestling team uh there were women within our district who okay. competed um i don't know of any no there weren't any women at our school okay who i would have been the only woman at our school okay um the only reason i didn't was that my mother bribed me into not going on the wrestling team because she thought i would get hurt but she's right i would have everybody right. gets hurt in the wrestling team okay um uh, by taking me to fencing lessons. Interesting. That's uh, an interesting swap. Um, well, I, I was... I really loved sword and sorcery movies. Uh, oh, I was, okay. I, I had the biggest, like, half-crush, half-wanting-to-be in Ego Montoya. I feel like I should know who that the is. The Princess Bride. Oh. Um, you Killed My Father, Prepared to Die. Played by Mandy Patinkin. Fantastic role. Fantastic actor. Um... Still have an absolute crush on
0: Nigelman. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but um, I find that a lot when I was growing up. I I never know if I had a crush or I wanted to be that person. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it was a lot of men, mm-hmm. and I just always went, oh, I, he's so no, but also I like, really want to be that and like be allowed to be yeah. all those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard um, was somebody saying, young women become the things you wanted to date when you were younger
0: interesting oh interesting
1: and I I sat back and I thought about it like who did I find really attractive in my late teens and early 20s and they were people who were like super engaged with their community who were really supportive of their families and their friends yeah who were physically emotionally and in terms of their character strong um you had a very good run there Did, like, I mean what yeah I, I I, think in terms of what I was looking for I was good I'm not sure I always found oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that but that was definitely my my um, my bracket yeah um, and, and adventurous I really liked adventurous and so when I kind of identified that and went I wonder if I could be those things yeah you know it gives you it's a nice direction yeah to yeah know. yeah, definitely some positive roles Um, but because I would engage with I I dressed in a very quote-unquote masculine way. Yeah. Um, I didn't like dresses. Um, Was there a particular...
0: Was it the comfort level of dresses? Or was it what, what you thought wearing a dress meant?
1: Yeah, it's what I thought wearing a dress meant. Yeah. I remember when I was in sixth grade, which means I would have been 11 years old. Yeah. I was sat in a math class. And... Our math classes, all of our desks were arranged in little blocks of four or six so that you were always facing somebody. Okay, yeah. And the girl that sat across from me was a girl called Lori. I don't remember Lori's last name. Okay. And Lori came in one day, and she was 11 years old. And she came in, and I don't know if you remember the passion for frosted colors that happened... In... I don't know what frosted colors are. Is that like a pastel y? Kind of pastel, but with shimmer and shiny <gasps> stuff in it. Wait, is it the gel, pe- the yeah, gel that pen? Yeah, no, the gel I pen do. generation. Yes, okay. Oh, God, I love them. So the gel pens continued on in makeup colors and things like that oh, oh. as well. They Excellent. were very, That that palette was really fashionable at that age. So Lori comes in and she's got white silver glitter nail polish. Okay. And white silver eye shadow Sh- and under eye as well oh wow And she went for it she oh hardcore and <laughs> and kind of white silver pink very 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 pale
0: how old were you guys
1: 11 years old oh wow uh, lipstick and uh, mascara and orange fake tan just violently orange fake tan <laughs> which she had clearly self applied and clearly not done it correctly okay yeah <laughs> And she sat down and she, it the look was inhuman. It was frightening. It was so, because she had done so much of it, of course, because sure. you're 11. You don't, don't know, it. you a, don't have like delicacy. Yeah, or it's anything. very um, techno. Yeah, like it. It, was, it, was, just, it, was, it was It was. just a really violent Yeah. look. And I remember sitting down and I remember the thought was, if that's what girls are, I don't want to be a girl. Okay, yeah
0: um so sort of all the things magnified yeah in that one yeah, yeah. it yeah. was it
1: was like a cartoon of what was expected of me yeah and i didn't want any of it i didn't yeah. that looked like so much time and money and effort to come out looking so ridiculous yeah. and i I'm, I'm sorry but we all looked dumb when we were kids like <laughs> i'll own that i looked ridiculous too but for different reasons
0: <laughs> was that the 80s
1: no, I'm... no, no, no. I was born in '85.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, so that would have been '96. No, no. I, how I do maths, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. It was the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: late '90s, late '90s. The beginning of the club scene. Um, so in a way, she fit right. In with oh the yeah, time. she was. She was totally. She was on trend. She was yeah. bang on trend. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's nothing about her as a person. It's no, just, no, no, it's no. A, it's
0: the the image that, or the idea that it invoked in your head. Yeah yeah i i i don't know why I'm surprised because I remember i think i was probably was around the same age that at some point I didn't leave the house uh without lip gloss, which was a big mm-hmm, thing like the yeah. glitter the more glitter in the lip gloss the better yeah. and um, shiny as well never so shiny. No, yeah. no 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 it, it needed to be like blinding yeah um and I remember it was something weirdly it was something I could bond with. I could bond over with my grandmother Mm -hmm. and I got her into shiny lipsticks, which was really fun because, like, you know, she was someone who had survived the Second World War and Mm. wasn't particularly warm because I think it's just not how they grew up. Mm. Um, But then we could try lipsticks together and talk about lipsticks and, like, every time we met, we would go and try and find something new and shiny. Oh, no. Um, But it, it... and I want. I, I remember that I've always wanted to play with makeup. And when I was really little, my mother would l- allow me to play inside the house with it, and not leave the house. Mm. But at that time, she sort of stopped the fight, and she was like, "Yeah, well, you know, do do whatever." Mm. Um, and then I just sort of got over it. Because it's cause it's at some point it started feeling like um, a masquerade, I guess, of yeah. like what I had the idea I had to be, and then I sort of did it and then I was like and then when my friends when we were all 13, 14 and they were starting to be allowed to wear makeup out of the house I was like yeah I did it, it doesn't actually mean yeah. anything it doesn't mean emancipation to me yeah. it doesn't particularly mean being a girl to me at that point it just meant oh this is I can't be bothered to do any of this yeah um I never saw it as a negative thing I guess I do that has changed in a way um Not that I judge anyone for what they do. But I find it interesting how much what she did seemed to you at the time. And now, like, kids are baking and, like, contouring and highlighting. And you see them and I think it's amazing. I could never do that. I'd look ridiculous even Mm. trying. Mm. But I also i'm nostalgic for their childhood yeah if that makes sense because i'm like oh no you you don't have to do this yeah in general or at least yet
1: yeah yeah i feel like for me when i see kids doing that now i i feel really conflicted because on the one hand i'm like yeah don't take on that burden until you have to yes and it, and exactly I, I and that's my my first thing is going back to this is what's expected of me yes yeah. this is the performative burden it, yeah, yeah 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 exactly but then the other part is there are a million ways of exploring identity that's and true if you are spending time going how do i want to affect the way that i look how do i control the way that i look how do i engage with the way that i look that is a way of exploring identity that's very true
0: actually um and so and a very healthy part of growing up i suppose yeah or life yeah And so, if that's what makes you happy, run with it. Yeah, right. That's very true. I've Um, never seen it that way. I always, I think, I see it from the very, like, from my point of view, where I was like, oh, I wish I could just go back to not being expected, anything being expected of you. But they probably, yeah, for them, it's an experiment of how they can meet expectations and if they want to meet expectations.
1: I think I remember I was given a book by a shrink of mine, and let nobody be surprised; I had a shrink. I have one, and they're the best. I know. Get help. Get <laughs> yes, therapy. Yeah, yeah. If you have access to the resources, use them, please. Yeah. Um, um. Uh. My shrink gave me a book called "The Guide to Getting It On," which has become interesting. A- yeah. I want to read that. It's a great book. It's I. I one hundred percent recommend this book to anyone and everyone. Um, because it's come out in many different editions, and it's basically shrinks talking about sex. Um. Hmm. And it's looking at what is healthy, yeah. What is affirming? What is safe? Um, how do you talk about consent? How do you talk about things like fetish or kink yeah. in a safe way? How do you like? That sounds very relevant as well. Hugely, hugely, right? And it's been out. It's been in so many editions, and it keeps getting updated, which is fantastic. But I remember one of the one of the cartoons in it because there are a lot of cartoons in it. That um, sounds awesome. It was so cool. Um, <laughs> and it's a woman in a lacy lingerie set with thigh highs and a a suspender belt and mm-hmm. high heels and another woman in a burqa mm-hmm. and the picture is who's really liberated
0: oh that is very clever
1: um and i and i remember looking at it and going i don't look like either one of these women yeah
0: yeah, yeah neither
1: yeah. one of these looks like something that is interesting to me <laughs> um, but it's the two Sort of, I guess... Extremes. Extremes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, now I think that kind of oversimplifies it because you're looking at one being a choice that's made in order to honor your god. Um, yes. And another being a, something that's about how you are presenting there's, yourself yeah, to society. in a sexual
0: context as yeah. well. The two very... different. It, it is a weird thing to equate. Yeah, it's
1: almost a false equivalence. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and so I think there's, there's more... Depth to that discussion than yeah. what the picture is yeah, presenting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just I, I have um, talked to enough uh, people in hijabs to know that there's a lot more going on there than covering up. Yes. Um. So yeah, don't buy the false equivalents. Mm. But um, I think it's a it's a similar question with something like a skirt or something like makeup, mm-hmm. where when I And in certain moods, I don't want to be in a skirt. But I know there are other people who would find being in a skirt to be an absolute liberation. Yes. And something that they've never been allowed to do. Yeah. Or somebody being in a really short skirt going, please respect that this is my choice. As much as trousers are my choice, as much as a long skirt is my choice. And it
0: doesn't say anything else about me than I've chosen to put on this clothing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and it's very interesting how we then remove their autonomy as human beings almost because they have chosen to... Well, I I don't know if they've chosen to objectify themselves, but they've fallen into the objectification of women's bodies, I guess, because they're showing their legs Hmm. um, or whoever's wearing a a skirt, to be honest. Um, And it's very interesting how your own choice of clothes then colours... I guess, what other people think, but also what you think of you yourself yeah. and how that affects other people. That was entirely not what you were talking about. <laughs> okay. So just continue. The,
1: but I just... Yeah. The, the point that I was making is that my liberation doesn't look like somebody else's liberation. Yes. Yeah. Um. And that that is something that I've had to examine a lot um, because a lot of the... When I was growing up, a lot of the things that I felt about what made me free... Um, I would then judge anybody else who didn't yeah. have that yeah. quote unquote freedom. Yeah. And actually no, freedom is going to look different for different people. Yes. That's why it's freedom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Cuz
0: you can't tell people how to be free. That sort of defeats the point. Yeah, exactly. Of freedom. exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And and while I might have certain associations with a short skirt and objectification, other people might have that association with a short skirt and liberation. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, like Which is both valid. Like, in the end
0: of the day, yeah, it's about the freedom of choice. Um, And I'm, like, I... I find it amazing when people can make that choice for themselves Mm. and they're brave enough to make that choice for themselves. Because the problem is that it isn't only about... And that's, I think, the point I was trying to make. is it, It isn't about personal choice only, because especially with clothing and, and how you present as a woman, mm. it's then suddenly you've got your personal choice, but then it's also what was projected onto your personal choice. Yeah. So it doesn't become about your personal choice anymore and whether or not you're currently expressing your freedom. Yeah. But it's about what other people think of you when you are expressing that freedom and how that changes
1: depending on how you express yourself. Which is, I think, one of the reasons that we continue to have these societal discussions yeah. about perception. Yeah. Um, Because... My freedom is limited if I am within a a construct that doesn't allow that yes. freedom. Whether or not I've internalized who I am and what I believe about myself and my liberation, yeah. if I'm in a room full of other people who haven't, then I'm still going to be at the receiving end of all of the punishment Ex- that exac- I'm going to get. Exactly. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's often you know it would be wonderful if we could all just accept ourselves, and that would be the end of it. But it's not. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's very
0: interesting because you have to get to the time to the place where you accept yourself, and then it's like, when if that ever happens, I don't know if anyone ever gets that because I feel like that would be the job done. Mm. But even if you get there, you'd then have to convince everyone else. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that job is actually never done because we all, everyone evolves, which means you have to work on accepting yourself for, I suppose, the rest of your life. Um, and then you have and other people evolve as people so they have to work on themselves as much as you have to work on respecting others and they have to work on respecting others Um, making space for each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly
1: Um, so the that was because of we, we got onto that because of how I chose to dress, and yes. How I chose to present. Did you get into the wrestling team? No, because your
0: mother chose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To she she brought you me into, not to. Yeah,
1: um, and then and then when I realized that she was bribing me not to, I stopped doing the lessons because I didn't want her to have to spend the money. Um, Did you enjoy the lessons? Oh, I loved it. I absolutely okay. loved it. Um, but it's it's fencing is not a cheap hobby. Yeah, <laughs> I <I've> heard that. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yeah, um, and I didn't want my mother to have to bear that financial burden.
0: Did fencing in any way um, was that a very equally Gender wise, very equally, um, I don't know, participation of gender in, in that sport?
1: Um, Did that not, I guess that didn't necessarily. I sparred with women, it. I sparred with men. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of. Um, so there are three different forms of, uh, getting very specific, of, <laughs> of fencing foil um, there are epes, um, there are sabers and there are I, I, the third might just be called foils I can't remember it's been too long hmm. um, and I did saber and saber is the heaviest one um, and it's the one that you can you have the least uh, delicacy in the way that a point is scored oh. uh, it's faster but yeah. it's also a lot quote unquote sloppier it's not but like <laughs> when you're talking about epes where you can only hit with the very end of the yeah. foil yeah. and only the very a touch in very specific places will will score a point whereas with a saber it's the whole length of the blade oh um, okay. and you can just genuinely whack somebody across the head and that's a point um like it's it, it's a much more it's a faster and quote unquote more aggressive weapon yeah uh, and that was what I did. Um, and I was put up against um, people much, much younger than me mm-hmm. that had been training for much longer because mm-hmm. fencing is one of those sports that, that you start, start quite, quite early. Young, um, if you want to be really good at it. Yeah. Um, and I was known for being able to bowl people. I was really aggressive in the way that I would um, work the mat. So I, I would physically be able to push people Def- down the, the mat. Oh, okay. Um, To be able to physically control space a lot. Right. Which, I don't know. I probably would have been broken to that after time because it's not a very precise way of gaining dominance in a fight. Okay. Um, And it'll only work for certain occasions. Um, But there was a joke about Saberinas. Okay. uh, And Saberinas were any woman that took Saber. Yeah. uh, And they were known as the most aggressive fighters because they were taking the most aggressive form but they also had to prove themselves quote unquote and they said the same thing about the women wrestlers actually when I was talking about getting onto the wrestling team yeah was that the people that you had to watch out for if you were female yeah were not the men it was the women because the women had to fight 10 times harder to be allowed to be to be there yeah that you had more to prove yeah so they would be they would fight dirtier and they would fight harder and they would fight long after they didn't have to oh I see does that mean they wouldn't stop when they were meant to stop? Or well, I mean, when you're talking about being down in a hold, there's a way of holding someone down, and then there's a way of making a person very much realize that, that you're being held them down. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, there are different forms of control that you can use in all. Okay, of these. sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you could break a person's arm in the same hold that just keeps them in place. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah.
1: So. Yeah, it was really the same thing. It wasn't that women weren't there, it's that there were different expectations of women. Which is weird in terms of those expectations for women being higher. But when you talk about that, I think um, I went to
0: a talk, and now I awkwardly don't remember what it's called, um, about feminism, and there were feminists, there was one feminist, uh, one one female um, uh, professor, and um, she talked about, being she got her uh, I think doctor doctorate Mm. um and one of her male uh teachers said well they're just giving them out to everyone now (laughs) and she just felt like she was you know suddenly imposter syndrome came in and and she was one of the first women of color um who got that in the UK Mm. and she said she continuously had to work harder because she was made to feel like she was there on a kind of um, almost like on on the fact that she was a woman of colour. So mm. it's almost like it was awarded to her because of that reason. Yeah. And on top of that, she wasn't just a woman. She was also from a minority mm. or not even a minority, just a, a minority, I guess, in academic circles at the time mm. or still. Um, And so she had to work Twice as hard already, yeah. but then also had that added layer. Um, and there was another lady who, who, on that topic, said she had studied law um, and she was a teacher of law. And it was about retention of women um, and women of color in certain positions because we always talk about how you need to get equality and you need to get everyone in the same space, mm-hmm. which is true to the extent that it, when they are in the space, women have to work harder to be respected in the space mm. and therefore it's harder to retain them mm. because you don't want to have to prove that you actually know what you're doing all the time yeah. when men are just accepted as lawyers or, or accepted as, as professors of law yeah. and it, you do, don't have to prove that you can do the thing you can do yeah. Um. and the women were continuously put down and they always felt like you know they got things told in the staff room and It was never just accepting them. They had the same qualifications or more. There were more qualifications. And they talked about the fact that as a woman, you technically need to be overqualified at all times because you aren't taken seriously. So you do more and you do more and you do more. And it still comes out that you're not even equal to the people you're in the room with and that are meant to be your colleagues. So So that, I guess, was what reminded me that even if you get into the same space... Um, you're still not an equal, yeah, you're and to you'll still to have to prove that you deserve yeah. something you've already earned. Yeah, and that's that's I think something that we don't appreciate anymore because I think we talked about this a bit before because you know equality in quotation marks has been managed, mm. and we're all equals now, yeah, except when we're in the situation and we're actually not, yeah, and that's not what's reflected but it's like what are you complaining about you're already here yeah but actually we need to fight to stay there yeah and that's exhausting if you just want to live your
1: life yeah yeah it's the work that you have to do on top of your work yeah exactly bullshit
0: exactly Um, and I think that's something that we we forget and that isn't honored that equality is a great idea but it only it's only actually a valid um point when everyone has to work it's sort of the merit is the same for everyone yeah Um, and it's actually merit based I guess and not on whatever else perception yeah
1: I guess I think there's also um that because we're working with unequal structures, even attaining the same level yes. is going to be harder for an oppressed group yeah. beyond the extra work that they have to do to prove that they're not just there because they're in a, an oppressed exactly. group. If you don't have access to the same resources to get to that level, yeah. then you've already, just to get there, had to do more work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's... Um, I think it's an interesting it's a, it's point. Overall apparent. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um, sorry, I, d- I think I... Got you completely off no, that's all right. um, um, trail.
1: <laughs> so the trail. So, so the the point that I was making was that um, even though I was very proud of being a woman and very much engaged with the idea that I had value, not even though I was a woman, but because I was a woman, yeah. Um, I was consistently told that I wasn't womaning right. Right. <laughs> um, that that I was uh, I wasn't doing it. Right, that I needed to be more feminine, that I needed to to fit into this mold, to the point where, and I think I told you this earlier, I once had a boyfriend stand up in a restaurant (laughs) and shout at all of our friends, "Sarah's vagina is not a myth. I've seen it." Which is one of my favorite
0: quotes (laughs) of all. And but but that's
1: because that's genuinely how I was perceived.
0: Yeah, and Uh, that's a weird thing to have to attest to. Yeah, it's very interesting.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's it's worth underlining um, that you don't have to have a vagina to be a woman. Ex- yeah, let's, yeah absolutely. let's make sure that that has
0: been said. But I, I mentioned in that it was a very, I imagine that it was a cis, I mean, we live in a cis I, I heteronormative world. I definitely was in a cis normative yeah. world. So yeah, I guess that was yeah. the point I was trying to make. Yeah. And
1: and having having, as a cisgendered woman, having your gender being constantly questioned, even though you. Are told everywhere that your body defines you as this yes. thing anyway yeah and um, then you're not
0: doing the thing right that you're meant to be doing because your body dictates
1: what you are yeah it, it's, it's a weird catch 22 of you're a woman because you were born a woman and you're a woman therefore you're a woman yeah okay but you're not a woman because you're not doing woman things yeah. well which one is it is it that I'm born a woman and I'm always a woman yeah Ex- or is it that I have to do woman things to be a woman pick one because it and can't be both. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But what, what everything told me was that I, I had to do both and that I wasn't doing one of them right. Um, and so I always felt like I had this fight about something that I didn't feel like was there anything really to do about me. Yeah. Um, so I was a carpenter for some time when I was at university. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started off in a place called the woodworking shop where we made... Um, Carpentry is working with wood.
0: Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah okay. Because wood- for some reason I put it down with carpets in my head, <laughs> <laughs> which makes no sense. But it's w- wood shop, wood I shopping. suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: so we made woodcraft, um, and uh, there's a, an item called a lathe, and a lathe is a spinning machine that allows you to form curves and um, circles and spheroid shapes yeah. in wood. Okay. Um, and I don't know if this is still the policy there. I don't think so because of the story I'm about to tell you. But there was a policy that only men could work the lathe. Literally women weren't allowed on the lathe.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, and was w- that
1: a health and safety thing? or I think that's how they tried to present it, was that it wasn't safe for them. But what? Which part of it wasn't you safe? Is it that it spins? What do you looking yeah. Do we get confused? Yeah, I don't <laughs> Um, I think there was this idea that you had to be... It does require a little bit of strength, but it's a very little bit of yeah. strength to control the tools. Okay. Um. But, yeah, it, I, I never understood that rule. And then my friend, Tracy, who worked in the shop with me, was the first woman to be allowed to work the lathe. Was there a specific reason? Did she fight for it? Yeah, basically, because okay. she didn't shut up about it
0: until they okay. let her do it.
1: <laughs> she just didn't take no. Okay. Um... And then from wood shop, I became a scenic carpenter um, and had a female student boss. So there was a boss in the shop. Right. And then there was a student boss in the shop. And then there were the was rest the, of the boss students. of the students or was it was, was a student who was given administrative oh, capability okay. over the other students. Yeah. Um, so my boss was a guy named Jeff. Jeff was the best, one of the sweetest human beings ever to walk through the earth, Um, and really uh, a a wonderful teacher and somebody I'm really glad that I got to work with. Under him, our student boss was Dory, Dorothea, um, who, again, fantastic to work with. Uh, And Dory was one of these people who, um, I went to Paris to study for a month with Dory and the second day we were there she twisted her ankle severely badly. We were only going to be there for a month. And so rather than let herself heal, she bought a pair of riding boots and strapped them really tight and walked for the rest of the month. That's Dory Provenock. Wow. (laughs) Um, That's incredible. Yeah. I would have
0: just cried a bit and gone home. (laughs)
1: Nope. Nope. She drank a lot of perno um, and found a favorite bar. Okay. And struck up a conversation with the bartender about Virginia Woolf and found a lifelong friend. Oh, was Yeah, she's great. So these were the women that I was with, yes. right? These, these really ass-kicking women yeah. who are just every day going, nope, nope, the world is what I make of it. It's mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this is, this is the story that I start to develop about womanhood is that woman is a box that includes so much more sure. than people are telling me it includes. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's not that I'm a bad woman. It's that your definition of woman is bad. Yes, yeah. So then, as I get older, I start thinking, all right, so what's a woman then? Yeah. And by this point, I'm aware that gender is a social construct. Um, I'm aware that um, there are multiple gender identities. Yeah. Um, I'm when aware... did you find that out? Or do you remember <sighs> finding that out? I think that's, that's something that became more apparent to me in, in London when I got, so within the last 10 years, I'd say. hmm um because i had always known of female masculinity uh so in the kind of um gertrude stein or like or like dory or like tracy just right. very yeah, yeah, yeah. very powerful forthright capable women who still considered themselves women but were showing me a lot of things that masculine are quote unquote tru- masculine yeah. Yeah, yeah. like who could ride horses and who could fix pipes yes. and lift a lot of weight yeah and I was aware of uh, femininity in men. Yeah. I was aware of foppishness. You know, I had I had read uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes, and I, and yeah. I knew about Oscar Wilde, and you know, yeah. So and and I've, and completely accept that. And a quote unquote effeminate man is still a man, and a quote unquote masculine woman is still a woman. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Um. And then I became aware of trans identities. Yeah. Um, and went, so a woman is a woman because she has claimed the place of women socially. Right. She says, I am a woman and therefore we treat her as a woman. A yep. man is a man because he claims the place of man yep. socially. Yeah. Um, and I accepted that. Um, and then I went, but, but then what do those words mean? Yeah. Not as a way of invalidating a trans identity. Yes. I wholeheartedly believe that trans identities are valid yeah and that we need to support trans people yeah um, but as a way of questioning cis identities yes and going what does it mean yeah if it's not your body and it's not <laughs> yeah um, and it's more than wearing dresses and taking care of babies and making pies yeah. because <laughs> I don't make good pies and I'm not having kids yeah uh, what does this word mean and genuinely, it came down to I didn't have a good definition for the word. Yeah, and I still don't have a good definition for the word.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have no idea how I would. I wonder what the Oxford Dictionary says about it.
1: I don't know, and to be honest, I don't care. Yeah. Um, the Oxford Dictionary would have been written by people who were very much male and were <laughs> no. very much invested yeah. in in the current social structure, and I'm yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, that um, was a good point so but as as somebody who has studied philosophy i'm interested in um in the philosophy of language i'm interested in definitions being a thing which cast a net broad enough to hold all the things that are that thing but right. but small enough to exclude Inter- all the things that aren't that yeah right. and i don't know how to cast that net with the word woman or man i suppose or man. that matter yeah, yeah. um I'm just not as interested in the one for man because sure. it's, it's never <laughs> been one that's applied to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the two um, will help to define each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so that, that is a question that I sat with for a long time and asked a couple of people and was a part of a couple of projects that explored. Um, and I remember asking a friend what the word meant. And she told me that that was something that I would have to spend the rest of my life finding out. And I thought, why? Yeah. Why do I have to spend the rest of my life finding out what this thing other people call me means?
0: If they can't tell you what it means. Like, yeah. that's the thing. If you call someone something, you should have an idea of what the definition of that word is.
1: Yeah. I didn't pick that word. Yeah. I didn't choose it. And and I don't... I don't want to uphold it if I don't know what it is. So why is this now my problem? Yeah. Um, So then I got hired to do a job. Okay. And the job I got hired to do was to be a female member of an all-male cast. Mm -hmm. We were going to be doing um, Midsummer Night's Dream and The Merchant of Venice Mm -hmm. uh, with an all-male company as far as anybody in the public knew.
0: Was there a specific reason why the public wasn't unaware of the fact that you were, quote-unquote, a woman? Was there a specific reason why they uh, had a woman in
1: an all-male group? Was that What I was told was that that was to explore how Shakespeare talks about gender. Okay. Uh, which is the uh, stated purpose of having the all-male company at all. Okay. Is to explore what were the Shakespearean concepts of gender that were being explored... Um, in the original text's interpretation interesting um, which to me was a fascinating question yeah. um, because I'm all about questioning what our gender yeah, constructs yeah, yeah, yeah. so I went across and I presented to the public as Patrick Griffin uh-huh. okay I took my uncle's name Patrick um, and I grew my leg hair and I wore cut off shorts um, and I, I had my short haircut and I wore a lot of flannel <laughs> Um, it really helps having a, a mild Southern American accent. Because, oh, really? Well, because it, it presents as more masculine. Oh, um, oh, yeah, okay. Because a little bit, there's something about in some of the the work that I've done exploring questions of gender. There's something weirdly um, like class oriented about gender. Yeah. Whereas. Upper-class things are seen as more effeminate. That's actually very true. Working-class things are seen as more like masculine. Like the, the
0: drinking of the tea, isn't
1: it? When yeah. You, yeah. And, and the precision of the language. Yeah. And, and the precision of body posture and things like that. Yeah. Um, so having a mildly working-class American accent made actually me present you. as more yeah. male. Interesting. Um, which was fun, because it meant that I didn't have to code up. I could just talk the way I talk. <laughs> oh, which is nice.
0: Did you change anything about your voice? Uh, I didn't allow myself upper register. Okay.
1: Pretty that's much. That's it. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I played a very young... When I was on stage, I played Francis Flute and Portia. Yeah. Okay. Francis Flute, of course, is very young. Yeah. And the whole point is that he has a, a quite high voice. Yeah. So that was all right. Yeah. And then Portia, because she was coming across as a kind of drag MC character, yeah. I could have a quite gravelly voice and be quite playful oh, with see. that yeah, aspect Yeah, because that's of it.
0: the other thing. Then you... The dimensions are you're playing a man mm. who's playing a woman, mm. playing a man. Mm,
1: at one point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and at one point, at one point, I'm a, I'm a quote unquote woman playing a man, playing a man, playing a woman. Because oh, Francis Root yeah. plays Thisbe yeah. at the end of. And so that's why those two characters were ch- were chosen, because they were both characters that presented as both genders within the piece themselves.
0: Very interesting.
1: Um, Which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, So I was in an an all-male quote-unquote cast of 13. Um, So I was with 12 guys Yeah. who were all cisgendered men. Yeah. Um, And it was the most liberating experience for me because these 12 men wholly accepted me as somebody who was a part of their working group, but that's not a strong enough word for a caste.
0: Um, I always find
1: castes very much like families. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a New Zealand term which is funnel, and um, well, it's a, a Maori term, and it means family, but it doesn't mean nuclear family, it doesn't mean mother, father, right, children. Yeah. It's a broader construct. Okay. Um, your biological funnel will include cousins and aunts and uncles right um but it will also include like close friends of the family or, yeah and in a in a slang in an accepted usage or idiomatic sense um in new zealand whānau often means the, all the people that i work closely with right and the people that i create with yeah so yeah i was accepted as part of the funnel yeah um and they, because it was my job to be Patrick. Yeah. Whenever I was working, and sometimes when I was not working, um, if I was going to be seen by the by public other... with with other people yeah. in the cast, yeah, I still had to present as Patrick. Um. So I was never expected to be female. Yeah. But because they knew that I wasn't Patrick, I also wasn't required to be male. Sure. Um. Which meant that I was allowed to get on with my work yeah be the person that I am yeah and as long as I was supporting everybody else and being available for everybody else Mm -hmm. and performing my duties then I was an accepted and valued member of the company yeah and that was enough yeah and it was the most comfortable liberating happy place I've ever been because it was so freaking queer (laughs) it was so queer because it just, the questions didn't matter. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that doesn't mean that it was always easy. Of course, you know, you're working with, within people's preconceptions of gender. And if, of course you're working with people who have expectations that they don't even know that they have. Yeah. And, and there's always going to be interpersonal stuff. But on a structural level, on, the, on an overall company level, it yeah. was really comfortable. Yeah. I was in changing rooms with I was offered my own changing room if I wanted it yeah and I went I don't care and they went oh good that makes it so much easier for us that you don't care yeah yeah, yeah. and then was butt ass naked with a lot of people yeah nobody freaking cared that's so nice great yeah um because we were all just getting on with our jobs you know we were just doing what we do
0: what you'd expect would happen in the world when you're somewhere to do your job. Yeah. But it doesn't... That's not usually how it works. No. That no. sounds very freeing. Cause yeah. you, Yeah, because you're always playing within stereotypes of
1: what's expected of you. Um, Yeah, not being expected to perform femaleness was absolutely liberating. That sounds
0: very liberating. And that's, yeah, that's sort of the ideal world that I imagine.
2: Yeah.
0: Is that you're just allowed to be and no one's like but you should mm. and then they can't explain why you should yeah. but you're just supposed to yeah they they,
1: they I, I they did offer me things that they would offer to a woman occasionally so like I was offered the space right. to change alone yeah. if I wanted to I was also specifically offered a changing room with one of the gay members of the company Um, I, was because like, you couldn't possibly. <laughs> well, Straight men couldn't be around me. Yeah, uh, Which, I mean, I, I love the idea that I am that irresistible. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I am that much of a sexual powerhouse. Um, but... but it
0: is also that sad thing of w- was there a reason why the gay man was included in that offer?
1: Uh, basically because he had his own room because he had a lot of costume. Oh, And so the okay. idea was that like, there must be room for you because it's just him in here. But and actually... then you wouldn't feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and he wouldn't be alone and I wouldn't be alone. Fair enough. But the thing was, there was so much costume, there wasn't actually room for me in there. (laughs) So I had to go in with the straight guys anyway. Um, But they were fine. They were professionals. I was a professional. It was great. Yeah. Um, And I I think once somebody offered to carry something for me, they went, I got it. And they went, okay. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't that I was never offered these things. It was that my choice was always respected when i gave it yeah um although i quite
0: like having stuff carried around for me i don't really i I... pick up heavy things as a hobby
1: i'm a weightlifter oh yeah i have a (laughs) back problem so
0: (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) i'm the opposite there's the difference (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i don't care if you do it because i'm a woman i just don't want to carry that
1: (laughs) yeah i mean everyone and then you
0: sometimes do play that's the only thing where i hate myself well i hate myself
1: I mean, I do that as a
0: hobby anyway. That's why I'm in therapy. But, um, but you sometimes you just play into the stereo. I, I'm guessing you maybe don't, but I'm like, yeah, no, can you do that thing? Because I don't want to do it. But it's almost like you can manipulate the thing that constrains you into working for you.
1: Oh, yeah. And so when that happens, I'm like, yeah, no, you do that heavy lifting. You strong, strong man. Oh, there, there are so many times when that Is an option available to you you're right it's not something that I indulge in very often because it makes me angry (laughs) Um, but I definitely know people that do that and I know men and women that do that yeah Um, I know men that will have uh, people carry things for them because they have developed a persona as somebody who is incapable when actually they are fiercely capable people (laughs) Ah, they they just don't let people know that (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah everybody has the things that they play into yeah but um, I remember, so I had a, a cost, I had costumes for each role, obviously. My costume for Francis Flute involved wearing uh, a rig and mm-hmm. a packer. Um, okay. And so for anybody that doesn't know those terms, that is a pair of underwear or a pair of undergarments specifically designed to hold a false penis. Yeah. And a false penis. Yeah,
0: because I would imagine a false penis just falls out of normal
1: underwear yeah you have to you have to essentially build a gusset into it Ah. Um, and uh, a false penis in this respect is different from a strap-on because it's designed to emulate a flaccid penis rather than rather a, than to be a, used in sexual intercourse yeah um, so it's a different kind of thing um, and I can give you brand recommendations on that later if you want I'd love that because that sounds like the most interesting thing to research Mr. Limpy man mr limpy i kid you not i got the small one okay and it still was it was six inches flaccid and you're like what that's small maybe it was a blood penis now <laughs> <laughs> i um i not a blood penis no yeah
0: which ones are the ones that don't grow brilliant i don't know my penises i'll let you know some other time wait did you say black blood oh blood <laughs> i was like were you just Really racist? Really <laughs> racist? <laughs> like, one <of> and <laughs> a half hours in, it just I turns really out... I didn't I'm... expect that out of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, blood. good. There are... The, the, but maybe I'm mixing up German terms. So, I learned there are blood penises and then flesh penises. And the, uh, and what I meant to say was flesh penis because a blood penis would be a penis that's smaller, in quotation marks, when it's mm-hmm. limp. Limp. Placid. Mm-hmm. And then grows, grows through the blood flow during the erection oh. and then a flesh penis would be one that presents in its size mm-hmm. and then doesn't grow particularly when it okay. is erect
1: so the American terms for these are a grower not a shower
0: yeah yeah. and can. I'm guessing that because I'm translating German th- terms so mm. I don't know if they're actually existing <laughs> terms sorry. but uh, sorry right. glad we got that sorted cool. Mr. Limpy
1: <laughs> Mr. Limpy is the <laughs> brand that I would have used <laughs> Um, And my binder was a G2B, uh, which was really solid. And I was working in uh, New Zealand and then Australian heat in the summer. And it was still a really good piece of equipment. So I highly recommend the G2B binder. Um, But this is the thing. My company hadn't really done any research in any of this themselves. So I had to come to the costume mistress and go, this is what a binder is. This is how it works. This is the brand I want you to buy for me. This is my size. Because they didn't know.
0: How do you figure out what size you need in a binder? Is that
1: GTP's website's really good about that. It, uh, it takes its uh, measurements off of your shoulder girth at the back, so shoulder to shoulder, oh. and then your underarm to underarm circumference of right. your torso, um, and then your underbust circumference, and then your overbust circumference. So it's very precise. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what it um, needs to do. Yeah, because everyone's is... going to be a little different. And yeah. for a binder, it really needs to fit properly. Like, you don't want to skimp on a binder because that can be really damaging It really painful. Yeah, because,
0: uh, yeah, I can imagine that that, if you, yeah.
1: Yeah, so the first binder that I got, I actually had to adapt. Because the first binder that I got was a, a medical appliance uh, okay. for men who had undergone surgery on their back or chest and had to be held in place. Oh, I understand, yeah. And it was painfully tight I have photographs not on this phone on my old phone uh, of it cutting into my body when I would wear it because it, it was made of this really stiff unforgiving material uh, and I would have to wear this sometimes for 11 hours Jesus um, okay. and and that and you're doing really physical work and it's hot so that was so I had them adapt that and put a row of hooks down the side so that I could immediately break it out mm-hmm. uh, rather than having to slip it over and I actually trained the cast how to open my binder in case I ever passed out oh because it was that tight because it was that tight and we were working in the heat yeah and I was like look guys I know this is weird but I need this if I'm ever in a place where I can't physically control myself I need to know how to do this and to be honest because I was working with just the most amazing professionals in the world they were like yes tell us what you need we will do this yeah they were really on it. I, I cannot express enough love for how open and adaptive those men were. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Then I asked for the GTB binders. I got two of them. And, oh, my God, that changed everything. That mm-hmm. was so much more comfortable and soft and workable and breathable. And it just makes all the difference in the world. Mm. Um, but, yeah, be public service announcement, be very careful about your binders and make sure that you're wearing something, one, that fits two, that's breathable, and three, take it off preferably every four hours if you can, just to give yourself some time to breathe um it's essentially corsetry really.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it it just reminds me of that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean when (laughs) Elizabeth Swan isn't breathing and he cuts off the corset um, for my original one that ain't far off,
1: but that's because the original one that I was wearing wasn't meant to be, yeah um but again, that's not something that my company knew anything about. So I had to sure. be like, this is what a Packer is. Here's yeah. what it looks like. Oh my God. Introducing my company to the Packer was the best. Just having this floppy penis that I would like throw at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody would be like, get your dick out. I'd be like, it's upstairs. Um, it was great. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I uh, just need to get my dick. Okay. I forgot. i got it. Oh, but it, it was the greatest because... I think another thing that is really common when you're having these discussions, when you're having discussions about gender, when you're having yeah. discussions about differences in physical bodies, is that people, even if they're very well-intentioned yeah. and really trying to be open, are so awkward. Yeah, They don't want to be offensive. They yeah. don't want to be hurtful, hopefully, if they're decent human beings. <laughs> yeah. There aren't always, but if they are. So just having the ability to be playful with it mm. really made it easier for the guys, I think, because then they could ask questions right I'd be like, yeah what's yeah, going yeah. on how do you so like when my packer would fall out of its rig and i'd be like guys my neck's falling off <laughs> was
0: that doing the play
1: yeah oh jesus yeah. what would you do basically pray <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes something. sometimes you can adjust it um but we it was like it was a really physical piece of work and we did dancing and right there was a big jig at the end um and by the end of that like I, I also went through several different rigs. Like the first rig that I made, and I, I made all of my rigs because the real rigs are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, the first rig that I made, I made out of a pair of compression shorts. Okay. Um, which are like, if you've never worn them, they're like an athlete's version of, of Spanx. Um, oh,
0: to keep stuff where it's meant to be. Exactly. So you don't, it doesn't get in the way while doing your sports. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And to avoid chafing okay, and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but it went from the knee to the navel, oh, and it was tight spandex. Yeah. And so you imagine that in Australian heat, mm-hmm. there's just no way you yeah. die. And so I was like, well, I have to get something different. So we, we got um, a bunch of um, jockey shorts, cotton jockey shorts, and so did gusset in with what's the... a jockey? So they're like they're short. They're like boxers, but they're tight. Okay, yeah. Um, so
0: tighty whiteies. no
1: that's that that doesn't come down the leg that's that stops at the hip see i know nothing
0: (laughs) there's so much to enjoy
1: (laughs) um so yeah i was wearing jockeys um and we had sewn a a gusset into them so that it would stay there but of course it's cotton so after you've worn it and you're moving around for two hours it's going to stretch yeah um, and they kept having to adapt them and kept having to adapt them. God bless the costume department because they actually worked with me on all of this. <laughs> I wasn't just left on my own. Figuring things out. Um, so yeah. So if, if there were a couple of shows where I forgot my packer, um, and, which is a problem when you're trying to present as, as male. male. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they would give me hell. And then after, the, of course, after I forgot it, then every now and then they would check in did you remember your dick do you are you were Griff <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, but I just think that 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 openness about it made it a lot easier for them yeah but keep in mind at this point I'm still identifying as female yeah in um, your
0: personal life yeah
1: yeah um, so then I got back to the UK um, and I realized that that was the happiest and most comfortable i had been yeah and I thought, well, if the happiest, most comfortable I am is when I'm not expected to be a woman, why do I keep telling people to expect me to be a woman? Yeah. Um, so I started identifying as genderqueer. But the problem is, I'm no longer in a queer environment. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're in the real
1: world. Yeah, I'm not with 12 people who have accepted me for who I am and value me as a professional. Yeah. I'm in the world that will punish me for being a woman and yeah. then punish me for not being a woman the right way. Yeah. Um, so... That journey since then has been really confusing for me and really difficult. Yeah. And I still don't know if genderqueer is the right word for me now because I'm not in a space that values that mm-hmm. about me. Um, I will misgender myself yep. all the time. <laughs> by accident or just out of ease? Um, well, I don't ask people to refer to me by neutral pronouns. I right. don't use they and them. Um, I find it actually quite um, alienating to be referred to as they and them. Okay. Um, I find it
0: quite comfortable. I don't know why. I never like Chi. I yeah. misgender myself as well just because I'm not interested in explaining to random people <laughs> yeah. why, what, uh, and like how and that it's a thing. Yeah. But I quite like it. Maybe because it is alienating and I like being sort of kept out of the thing
1: that I don't like if that hmm. makes sense. I yeah. Don't know. Well, I mean, I think again, my liberation isn't going to look like your liberation. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's the th- that's the other thing when I'm like, but even if I pres- uh, if I ask, if I don't ask people and they call me she, that doesn't make that doesn't take anything away from how I identify m- to myself. Yeah. And that's just it's just a pronoun. Yeah. And I think I think we talked about it before, there isn't a specific way to be queer. Yeah. Whatever shade of queer or Kind of queer you are, mm. um, you should be allowed to set your own per- parameters mm-hmm. of, of queerness, and whether that means using them and they, or whether that means, I'm guessing, using she and her, mm-hmm. um, should be everyone's own personal choice. Yeah. And like you're not less queer yeah. because you're doing something that isn't seen as, I don't know, the default of what I guess you're expected to do.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really weird. I think for me, using gendered words about myself because I learned my roles in a gendered way. Yeah. I learned to be a daughter. I didn't learn to be a child. Okay. I learned to be um, uh, a sister, not a sibling.
0: Was that because your mother was so specific
1: about the roles of women? or I think it's because I, I grew up in a gendered society. Okay. Um, so I think... I, these are the, because I, I use these words about myself for 32 years. Sure. It's hard to just stop. Yeah. And I know my husband and I have been talking a lot about gender. Um, he is so wonderfully supportive. Um, and he's so adaptable with all these questions that yeah. I'm asking, which is nice. But one of the, the, the things that we uh, talked about is do you still want me to call you a wife? Mm hmm. And like, Sometimes yes and sometimes no. Yeah. <laughs> so like the words that we'll use will change. Yeah. Um and I actually like that in terms of the playfulness of it. I yeah. think he's he's called me his husband before. Yeah. He's called me his fish before. <laughs> um and I and all of it when I when he does these things what I hear is person that I love and for whom I am trying. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and so that attempt and that question and that engagement means more to me than the word does. Yes um, because it's an understanding of who you are fully or trying to understand who you're fully rather than yeah yeah it's engaging with where I am yeah. right now. Um, and that's so empathetic yeah and that's um, or empathic I'm never sure which one of those words is right. Um, and, and it's it's just you know it's putting in the effort. Which Mm -hmm. is really what you want out of a partner, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah. But I don't have answers for all of those questions yet because all this is very new. And I think that this is the part of being genderqueer that is where I'm sitting right now, is it doesn't give me answers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give me finality. Yeah. It gives me a different set of questions.
0: Yeah. That's very true. I remember... um, I don't remember how old I was but probably I don't know five or six years ago I never um, when I was growing up I don't feel interesting enough although I grew up in a gendered world I feel like I wasn't aware that it was gendered until I was um, confronted with other people's idea of what I should be because of my gender mm. um, because I feel like I was never told that I'm a daughter for something like I was never told that I'm a sister and mm. um, Those words were used, but they didn't have—they didn't hold any to me intricate meaning other than I am a child of someone, Mm -hmm. Um, and and my dad would teach me how to fix things, but he'd play Barbie with me. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have a a role that was specifically male. Yeah, he liked bikes, motorbikes, but he always wanted me to get into like. Uh, to share his enthusiasm about these things. Mm -hmm. So he'd let me ride with him or he'd let me drive the car. And, like, there was nothing I wasn't encouraged to do because I was a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And my best friend from when I was three or four was a boy. And he taught me how to ride a bike. And he, like, you know, if if he'd be, I don't know, if we'd fight, we'd, we'd play fight. And, like, there was never... I was never told by anyone not to get my clothes dirty or not to dress a certain way or whatever it was. It was never a thing of um, I'm a girl. Therefore, this is the thing I can not do. And I remember I was wearing like a sleeveless shirt at some point that I could sort of pull together in the middle mm-hmm. that basically my boobs were free, which I didn't uh, think about. And mm-hmm. I remember doing that and I was probably 10 or 12 or something. Mm-hmm. And someone went, well, you want, might want to stop doing that. And I just went, oh, I guess I have press now that I can't show other people. <laughs> like, yeah. So I have to be... And it wasn't about that, but it was about the being careful about not presenting something that is apparently meant to be hidden. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: Because the boys around me were never asked to hide their bodies in yeah. that way. Uh, and that's when you suddenly notice that you are being othered mm. by other people yeah. rather than taking... At least for me, that was the experience. Um. Or like I said, in school, we were singing in the choir and then my friend looked over and said, you stand like a man. And I was like, I don't even fucking know. Mm. Comfortable or <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, and, um, and when I was confronted with that, I would always, when I identify as straight, go, uh, well, you know, I'm a gay man in a woman's body. And that was weirdly enough. Enough explanation for them, mm-hmm. like I was just that guy, like you know. And then they didn't think about it more. Mm. But I guess because I I explained it in a way that combined enough stereotypes for them to be able to accept
1: it. Yeah. Um, we have that concept though. We have the concept of the masculine. One. Yeah. We have the concept of the effeminate man, and yeah. so and that's. That doesn't break any structures. That's very true. it, it, yeah, yeah. it might bend it a little bit to yeah. give you a little more breathing room, but that's a lot safer than going. Well, I'm neither of those things. Yes. Or I'm both of those things. And I
0: didn't know that was a thing because, like, even though you learn about queer and um, not queer, I guess, um, but you know, gay and and bisexual and like, uh, I've now come to identify as pansexual, even though I never say it because I just don't want to teach people about it. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, trans, the the middle or the, I guess, gender queer parts were never explored. I was never explained they exist. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I knew that I was a woman and that was the word for me. But I went, that's not, I don't get it. Like, b- but I feel more male. But then I didn't f- actually feel more male than female. I just didn't feel as female as I was supposed to feel and mm. behave as female as I would or the kind of female that I was expected to behave. But then also I didn't want to be a boy. I just thought I'd rather be a boy than a girl because they can do more. They're allowed to do more stuff and they're respected in a different way. Mm -hmm. And like, um, I remember telling a a male friend of mine is to treat me like a guy and if I'm being annoying then just punch me I don't need you to <laughs> treat me like a woman it's like yeah. somehow the punching was a sign of respect because yeah. I meant that meant I was one of the guys yeah. and, and that a was physical who... equal yes exactly yeah. um, and so I found that really important and then I, I saw a TED talk by I think it was a TED talk by Io Tillett I hope that is their name um, and they interestingly enough were a child actor um they were born as a female, mm-hmm. but they were a very i guess boyish looking kid, mm. and they were quite successful and acted, and their agent didn't know they were a girl oh, um oh, wow and and so professionally that's how they and i think also privately that's how they identified until Nature betrayed them mm. by certain parts growing in certain ways, and suddenly that didn't work. Mm. And they didn't know how to identify and how to, I guess, maneuver that until they found out about being gender non binary or gender queer. Mm. Um, and that's when I, through this telling of that story and sort of alluding to the fact that gender is a construct and it never constricted them until it did, because other people then constrict you to that construct. Yeah. um yeah, that's when I found out about being gender queer, and suddenly, or I think they call it non-binary, and suddenly I had a word that explained how I felt. Yeah. And I had a home, and I wasn't that weird non-woman, non-man thing that nobody gets. How um, powerful is that? Yeah, and I just I still get like goosebumps, and I'm still like, and when I say it out loud, that always reminds me of Twilight. <laughs> uh, say it out loud. Non-binary. Uh, the, um, uh, but it's just I'm home and I'm whole and I exist and I have a right to exist. Yeah. And existing the way I exist isn't weird and out of the norm because the norm is just those identifiable op- like boxes that were offered. Yeah. And we're not offered a third box or a fourth box or other boxes or no box. Um, and I find it very interesting when sometimes you hear about um things about being non binary or trans, you know, should be taught in school and then people comment, you shouldn't put ideas in their heads. Suddenly <laughs> like and it's like yeah, no, what? Like suddenly everyone's gonna be trans because they're where that's it's an option.
1: That's yeah. not how this works. But this is this is the big Thing that people don't understand about queer history and about trans history more specifically is there's this idea that all of a sudden people are trans people have always yes. freaking been trans exactly uh, it's just that you haven't given them a word yeah which makes it really difficult to navigate the world
0: which exactly
1: you have so many stories of people who ran off to join the military because all of a sudden they could be the man that they always wanted to be yeah and they would be valued for their Input yeah. or people who completely re- retreated from society because they wanted to be the woman that they really were, yes. and this was the only way that they could be allowed to be themselves. Yeah, um, I think the the fact that there are so many um, non male or female genders in um, indigenous societies, yes, it's just this this huge indicator that there is this thing that has always been a yeah. part of humanity. That you know it's not that people are becoming this it's just that we're acknowledging that people have always been this and
0: we're giving them the language to express it Um, yeah yeah exactly and that's the thing where you like it just it doesn't and that's why it's so important that these things are taught because you are clearly misunderstanding the concept yeah if you think that you put the idea in someone's brain But rather than doing that, you're actually giving someone the tools to express and identify themselves to live a full life without, you know, having to feel out of place or like they're not the things they're meant to be. But there is an alternative to what else you can be.
1: Well, I think there's this idea that for so long people were. Limited to the idea of being male or female and only that and therefore that's what those things were And if people fit into those boxes, then that's enough But actually the violence that it takes to be forced to fit into that yes. box When that's not who you are is so destructive. It's yes. so damaging and um, I think People think that because you could get a trans kid to go Oh, I am whatever the cisgender is that I'm supposed to be. Yeah, means that that's correct for them rather than acknowledging what that kid has been forced to go through yeah. in order to say that so that you'll stop yeah. hurting them yeah um, it is uh, you know I I grew up knowing kids that had been put through um, um, conversion therapy and you know a, a young um Lesbian or bisexual? I'm not sure how she identifies now. Yeah, friend of mine was going through a really difficult time, and so her mom took her to a therapist. And all of a sudden, her therapist started attacking the fact that she liked girls, and she's like, "Wait, this is not the problem. That's this was not, never yeah, the thing that I yeah, wanted to yeah. talk about. Why am I here? But this is a doctor, That's right? Insane. And you're sitting down and you're having a cup of tea, and your mom has said you have to be here. So, you know, That's and so damaging. Yeah. The person that you're meant to trust yeah Uh, um so i think this idea that well we never heard about this when i was a kid it's because there was there was and is let's be clear this still happens Mm -hmm. um of violence being perpetrated against these people Mm -hmm. that you are complicit in yeah um if you need this to continue
0: exactly to and also why just because that's the thing of like what are we taking away from you that's the that's yeah. what I would like to know. Why is it so why is change so terrifying that you violently need to keep it from happening? Yeah. Um when everyone just wants to live like no one wants anything from you. Yeah. Just shut up and go just don't just be you and then they're them. Yeah. And then we're all good. Yeah. But somehow that's not an option. And that's what strikes me and that's why It's so nice to live in a bubble like London, yeah. Um, but it's also so terrified when you're reminded that that is a bubble and the world is actually very different for a lot of people. What I find interesting is, do you remember the moment that you realized that you identify as genderqueer? No.
1: No. No. I remember many different moments of feeling relieved not to be asked to be female. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was walking down the street wearing cut-off cargo shorts and a t-shirt and a flannel shirt over the top of that Mm -hmm. and Doc Martens Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and um, I could feel the wind in my leg hair. <laughs> Which is just, guys, if you've never felt it, do it. Like it's <laughs> it's the most bizarre feeling if you've never felt it, and it's wonderful. Um, and uh, I don't know if I've ever felt that, even though I've had
0: black hair. it's I feel like that's something to do this summer. Interesting,
1: maybe, maybe. But it really was like I remember the first time I felt it, going, "Holy God, what was that?" Yeah, because it's it was an entirely and and I got like. I, th- I think it's it's really easy to underestimate how big new physical sensations can be when you're in your thirties. Right. You're like I know what my body yeah, does yeah, yeah. by now. And yeah. so my body doing something new is a big freaking deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um But yeah. So I remember I remember walking down the street and feeling so happy that I could wear clothes that made me comfortable. Yeah. That I could have my body be a way that I didn't have to analyze or present. Yeah. Um, and that I could not apologize for my body in terms of the amount of space that I took up, mm-hmm. um, in terms of where I looked, who I made eye contact with. Mm-hmm. That I could get rid of the idea that I was under threat.
0: Yes. That I needed to protect
1: myself. Yeah. Um, and that I had to apologize for myself. Yeah. And I realized that all of these were about being female. Yeah. All of these were about presenting as a woman. Yeah. Because I could still do all of the things that I valued about myself as an individual. Yeah. If I was presenting as a man, Mm -hmm. I could still be friendly. Yeah. I could still make conversation. Yeah, I could still be helpful and supportive. Yeah, I could still listen. I could still be empathetic. Yeah, um, I could still be hardworking. Um, now, while some of these are things that you expect more from women, mm-hmm. like empathy, listening, those mm-hmm. are things that are often more associated with women. Yeah. they're not things that are impossible for men to do. No. and they're things that are wholly valued when men do them.
0: Well, I feel like some of them are discouraged in a weird way. I mean, they're not taught. On...
1: They're definitely not taught, yeah. or they're not taught as widely. I know empathetic men. I yeah, know yeah men sure. I'm listen. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. but it's not a standard masculine value. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That might be more. I guess listening is never discouraged. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but but it, you know, I think the way that I was seen by people who didn't know. That they were talking to, what they would have perceived to be a cisgendered woman, yeah, um, was that I was just a nice young boy, yeah, <laughs> very young,
0: yeah, very young. I yeah, mean,
1: I think everyone was shocked to hear me talk about my time in the industry. You know, I've I've been acting since I was ten, um, which meant that at that point I had been acting for twenty two years. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I would talk about my time in the industry, and I would get this huge side eye, and he'd be like, "Yeah, like how long have you been around, <laughs> baby? Yeah, because yeah. as as a man, I do I present very very young. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even which is it'll...
0: also interesting, isn't it? How that
1: changes immediately. Yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. But I think that also meant that people would kind of make a leeway point between what I would perceive as the way f- women are treated and what I would perceive as the way men are treated because of my youth yeah a lot of the ways that I would be treated as a woman I was still treated as so it was okay for people to come up and talk uh, to me yeah because I was young yeah um and so a lot of the kind of um access that people assumed they would have to me as was a woman still, yeah. I would still have as a young person
0: that's very interesting
1: um, so it wasn't that big a, a clash. I did, it still, it still did and it still does jazz me every time somebody calls me a man. Yeah. Every time somebody calls me mate, every time somebody says sir, um, every time somebody calls me boss, like, just, <laughs> there's just a little bit of me that goes, ah, <laughs> Yeah. You respected me for no reason. But that's
0: the thing, isn't it? That that's what we're like that very hap- rarely happens and it's mostly at like metal concerts yeah. Someone's like sorry are you a dude or a girl I'm like eh, whatever <laughs> but I'm glad you thought I might be a dude <laughs> and it's like that thing of like oh you saw me as a person this is so yeah! cool yeah yeah you immediately gave me agency yeah exactly <laughs> like I have a right to things and I'm allowed to say stuff and then you immediately go oh <laughs> <laughs> why
1: why do so I only feel that way this
0: way <laughs> exactly and it's like oh, but then that means that there are just a lot of cis women or or trans women or whatever, whoever identifies as a woman, who don't get that. Yeah. Inherent, like, inherent trust that you're capable mm. of whatever it is you're attempting. And have a right to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a fun thing to get that. Like, And people are so apologetic. I don't tend to get it myself, but, you know, when someone's like, or unless some, someone isn't actually looking at me mm. at the checkout and like how can I help you sir and I'm like this and they go oh sorry and I'm like yeah eh, it's fine but then you have some people who get very 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 upset when they're yeah. called the opposite thing and it's funny how that, that thing that makes you really happy can go entirely wrong yeah. if you do it with someone who is not in any way interested in being called that yeah exactly um, but yeah I have the same I'm like oh ah! I'm
1: allowed to do stuff. I'm allowed to be loud. It's just. <laughs> but it also kind of makes me feel like a spy. Yeah, yeah like I've yeah. got one over on tr- everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: You get to look behind the facade. Yeah. Um, but that's why I like these kinds of open conversations, and that's why I like that the world. I guess we're trying to force the world to be more accepting and more open, and mm. um, and that's what I like about feminism as well, because, um, instead of. I think people misconstrue feminism about being about women wanting... And that, again, also goes back to something someone said of that feminist thing. I'll post about it in the notes because I don't remember what it's called. (laughs) Uh, It was at City Lit. And um, about misconstruing feminism as women wanting the same thing men have. Yeah. Which isn't true Mm. because what we want is equality for everyone and not someone who has... You know, the patriarchy is a problematic system. So Mm. if we just elevate women... To be part of a p- problematic system, that doesn't help anyone, yeah, and that doesn't get rid of any of the issues. Exactly, um, and why I think we need to start just to stop expecting th- people to be a certain way because of how they present, mm. um, to allow them to be whatever way they want to be, no matter how they present. Yeah. Um, and and I think f- you know when we, I think these strange. problematic boundaries can be um erased if you just allow women to be strong and independent and capable Mm. and men to be vulnerable and uh you know needing of of care and um yeah and just just expressing that and being emotional
1: maybe i think as long as you add in as as well as everything else they are. Yes. Yeah, 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 That women are allowed to be strong as much as they are allowed to be empathetic. It's, that they're yeah. allowed to listen as much as they speak. Basically um, open up all avenues of the
0: things human beings are capable yeah. for any human being yeah. without going yeah, but you shouldn't really um, and and you know, and I think it needs to start as early as, as stopping to tell boys that, you know, they shouldn't cry, yeah. or even just the statement "boys will be boys," which is mm. just the dumbest thing ever. But you hear it all the time, and yeah. you, you know, you hear people, or the fact that gender reveal parties, which you would imagine <laughs> would yeah. disappear, are now the biggest thing, and it's always about the blue box and the pink box, and you just sort of go. I, I was really confused when that started happening. I thought we were so progressive and past that. Yeah. But it's the biggest deal to do these weird things where you just need to define someone's life and what you expect of them before they've ever come out of the womb to have a look around and go, I don't know what I want. Yeah, And I'm like, I don't... like. How can you reveal a gender of someone who hasn't even had the time to consider their gender it's just the weirdest fucking thing Um, and it's so upsetting that it's all so tied to capitalism and how you can target people so much better if they fit into a box or if they don't and you can sell them you know shit to make them fit into the box so that they're accepted
1: Um, I mean uh, it's worth pointing out that there are are binary genders in non-capitalist systems but yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) no but I just think that it's encouraged yeah um it's definitely like, too, weaponized mm, yes. by yeah, capitalism uses gender. Yeah, and yeah. I think when I say that, I think of a specific thing where when feminism was big in the 60s, um, there was a period of a couple of years where there were non-gender specific baby clothes and baby mm. things and catalogues. Mm. And that was before it was possible to see a sex of a child on an a, uh, ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And when that came back, some very, very clever marketing people went well if you've got a girl and you get a boy you can encourage people to have to buy twice the things right if you get gender neutral baby stuff you have three children and if they're not too close together you can reuse things but if you go well blue box and then you've got a pink box they're going to have to buy a whole new set and that is the reason why gendered marketing is push the way it is because you can sell more shit and that's what I mean I am like yeah of course (laughs) capitalism did not introduce the idea of binary gender uh, and that was not the point I was trying to make but it's just you know if you think like what what do they say Um, for women make it pink make it smaller make it 10% more expensive yeah so I think it's just it's so intricate like that that system just so allows for these Things to be hit
1: home and um, exacerbated. Uh, Yeah, I think it's also a place where we all feel vulnerable. Yeah, because you want to fit into something. You want to be accepted. You want to be sexy. Yeah. And and you know if if this product will make me more the thing that I'm supposed to be, then um, it may as well. Yeah. Yeah, it'll help because I don't feel sexy, or I don't feel feminine, or I don't feel masculine, or you know these. um, These things are external signifiers of the things that I'm supposed to feel internally. I do have, I do have hope. I think I had a wonderful little interaction. So one of the things that took me a long time to to have the courage to do when I was presenting as Patrick was wear a bikini. Oh. Um, Because when I was in just my social situation, I didn't have to be Patrick, but I still had to have the same body. So I couldn't shave my legs. Oh, yes. Um, Okay. Yep. Um, or grow my hair, or paint my nails, yeah. or so. It it took me a while to. Be, so at first, I had the bikini with like shorts yep. on the bottom. Yeah, and then I went no, just fuck it, fuck. And, <laughs> and wore the full bikini, um, and it was. I could see every now and then I would get looks, but most of the time people didn't care. Really care, yeah. which was lovely to yeah. just feel like nobody cared was beautiful. Yeah. But I was sat in a hot tub once with some friends of mine, and it was it was the kind of um, community gym center of a block of flats. Mm-hmm. So um, anyone that was could. in the block of flats could come and use it. Yeah. And there was this family that was in there with us. Um, and it was a, a mum and her two young kids, a uh, little girl and a little boy, as far as I could tell. Mm. Um, and I was sat there with my very short hair. And my pretty big shoulders yeah and and this bikini yeah and it was a, like a floral print <laughs> hibiscus yeah. thing yeah, as well. Yeah. like I bought it specifically because I didn't own flowers yeah <laughs> um, and the little boy looked at me and he went are you a girl or a boy mm-hmm and I get this question a lot
0: which is an interesting kids. thing because kids need to know yeah it's that thing like adults look and wonder, but kids are like, no, no, I need the answer. Give me yes. this information. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, because they're still developing their boxes. Yeah, right. They're building their world. That's true. And they they want to know what the world looks like. So you're a thing that doesn't fit in any of the boxes. So what is that thing? Yeah. And I went well. Um, I'm really not either. And he went, oh, or both. And I went, sure, that works too. Why do you have short hair? Mm. Cause I'm an actor, and right now I need to look like a boy. What's an actor?
0: oh wow, okay
1: yeah <laughs> and it really just continued on from there like as soon as i gave him an answer to each question just, that was, was fine with f- that yeah that was fine and he suggested the or both that was not me because he was like huh oh okay yeah yeah well, well he's like he didn't have an, an, an ability to be neither oh i see what you're saying so yeah he, so he made a new category out of what he already had
0: that's a good point yeah which is fair enough actually but he found a category and he just went with it I guess yeah Yeah. and I think we are seeing a younger generation being brought up to be more caring and like I think the problem is that social media perpetuates and I think that's actually been proven the negative like Mm -hmm. the negative always gets more hits and interactions and that's why people print it because that's what the point is nowadays of news unfortunately it's getting that interaction yeah um but I think in the real world I I think there are positive things happening they're not all happening at the same time and same place at the same pace Mm. Um, but I think the fact that all these things are coming to light, even that in itself is such a big step that we now have um, I signed up for a, I think a podcast system the other day and they were like gender and one of the options was non-binary and I was like you've done it right. <laughs> Like this is so good and like I get I still um, and I hope that they introduce that at GP practices because funny enough they have gender and then only two options and I'm like shouldn't you be aware that this is a question about sex yeah because
1: it's yeah, it have, have two questions ask me about sex and then ask me about yeah, gender yeah exactly um,
0: uh, and even if it is sex there's more than two options that's also very true. Yeah. And just and I'm like, you're the medical professionals, you should know this. <laughs> but it's just all these little things where in Facebook I could put my gender as non-binary. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook, I think, doesn't ask what your pronouns are. It mm-hmm. just presumes that you want they and them. Mm-hmm. So when I update my profile picture, it's like they updated the profile picture. But it makes me really happy, that mm-hmm. little thing of like, oh, yeah, no, I exist. And so other people understand I exist. And they don't yeah. need to do anything but I can take my little box and not feel like I'm. I'd like to make a cross in between those two sections because yeah. my box doesn't exist. And I think in all those little ways, we are moving forward. And you know,
1: I think encouraging the conversation is important. I feel like um, because I presented as a in person for so long, and because I. Um, because i live in the city that i do and because i i am genderqueer rather than trans i come from a really big backstock of privilege yeah i think in many ways i'm quite protected yeah and so i i try to engage in these conversations as often as i can and to foster these conversations as often as i can so that people will ask me questions rather than people who have a much more violent engagement with these questions Being forced to constantly be the educator because that's one of the things that I found as soon as I came out as genderqueer that you're constantly the educator. Yeah, and that is exhausting. Yeah,
0: and I stopped like at the beginning. I sort of fought for being able to explain, mm. and now I'm like, I'm just not going to be part of this conversation right now because I've got enough shit to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and it's um, but it is nice if you openly, um, if you can, if you're safe enough or you feel comfortable enough to be openly queer mm. in whatever sense, um, that people then dare to ask questions. And sometimes mm. the question in themselves are phrased in a way that's problematic because the world yeah. I- is usually problematic about these things. Mm. Or if you look at, you know, without taking nuance into account. Mm. But then you can go, well, this is why actually maybe that's not the right question to ask. Yeah. but this is what I can explain to you from and it's always like and also on this podcast I need to make that clear in, in the world it's always my point of view because mm. that's the only point of view I have and I would mm. never speak for another gender queer person or another queer person or, or uh, you know anyone else mm. because the only thing I can do is teach from my perspective and mm. my, my experience Yeah. Um, but it is fun that these conversations are coming up now and it's fun to be a part of it I think yeah, um, yeah yeah and thank you for being a part of this conversation thank you for having me this has been fascinating this was really fun as well and i'm very fond of your vocabulary (laughs) i enjoyed i enjoy listening to you talk thank you very much i hope it happens again um have me back i have so much i could talk about yeah let's do this let's do this again and do you have anything to plug
1: um I have gen- I have lots of things to plug, but they always happen for a short period of time because it's, it's a lot of gigs sure. and stuff. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, at the Sarah Griffin. The Sarah the. Griffin. Sarah, there are <laughs> so many Sarah yeah, Griffins. Yeah. Let's not even be coy about this, but I am the Sarah Griffin. So <laughs> find me on there. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Sarah Griffin. Uh, that might be harder to find. Cause I think there are 60 Sarah Griffins. At last <laughs> look, but I'm um, I'm the one that looks like me, uh, which that p- which from you a totally podcast. know, yeah. yeah. Guys, You now know what your folks looking for. <laughs> queers, <laughs> you should know what I look like. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, f- follow me on uh, on either of those platforms, and I-, I always update about what I'm up to um, as an actor, theater maker comic and um general raconteur and person about town and
0: i just because uh, now i'm like actually what we should also talk about is being queer and especially gender queer in the acting
1: oh yes world so yeah let's do that sometime yeah that'd be fun have me back
0: yes i shall <laughs> um you find this podcast wherever you uh find podcasts which i learned is a lie because you i'm not on pot bean so i'll be doing that <laughs> um uh, new podcast coming out every Thursday It got a bit confusing lately Because yesterday I uploaded something That I deleted on Thursday And uh, my feed just moved From Anchor to bus Buzzsprout um, So your podcast app Might ask you to go to another uh, Channel I don't know what our podcast things called The count And resubscribe so you still get the feed Some podcasts I've got to redirect in You might just not even know what I'm talking about. If you listen to this, that's very likely because you're already listening to the new feed. So sorry about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And if you have any thoughts and comments, uh, email me at masturbatorspodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at masturbatorspod, I think. Uh, Instagram at masturbators underscore podcast or tristis underscore Sylvan, the same thing on Twitter. Um, and if you're on iTunes please comment, rate, uh, subscribe and what, is there anything else? Don't share tell your friends about it (laughs) Um, it really helps the podcast and it makes me very happy and I'll see you next week thank you very much goodbye
2: (laughs) bye